Welcome. You're listening to Blueprint for Profit on Web Talk Radio. I'm your host, Ellen Rohr. Once upon a time, I read a little book called Everything I Learned About Life I Learned in Kindergarten. And it seemed to me at the time that that was a dismissive way to reduce the complexity of life. I mean, really, grown-up problems include cash flow and uh, trying to make payroll and all those employee challenges. That's what's keeping a business owner awake at night. Well, what I've learned since is that everything you need to be successful in your business can be learned from a kindergarten teacher. My guest today is Trish Sakamano, and she's the author of the Kindergartners at Work series. Trish was a kindergarten teacher for 29 years and is now a professor of early childhood education at the University of Utah. She teaches teachers how to teach. And along the way, she's figured out that what works in the kindergarten classroom, well, it works in business, too. Trish and her partner, Kathy, own KT Enterprises. So Trish is an entrepreneur as well as an educator. And KT Education is an educational consulting company putting great products and information in the hands of classroom teachers. And I'm so glad that she's here today to talk about how that equates to profits for the business owner. Trish, as a business owner, as a teacher, how are five-year-olds and entrepreneurs alike? I think anybody that has employees already knows the answer to that <laughs> because half the time the employees act like five-year-olds. But there's a couple of things that you can do with five-year-olds that translate perfect in your entrepreneurial endeavors. You know, that's, that's a good point, and I'm excited to discuss this with you today because what I found is it's not a matter of treating adults like children. It's about treating people with respect. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's, that's key. And then there's a couple of other key points. You know, as a kindergarten teacher, you know, you're going to greet a group of children at the, at the beginning of the school year. And in order for you to work as a team towards common goals, which is very much like having a business, what, what would you say is the first thing that you're going to do with this kindergarten class to help create that kind of team atmosphere within your group? There's a number of things, but let's just focus on a few. And the, one of the first things that you want to do to run a successful classroom, and I'm going to say the same thing, to run a successful business, is you have to make your students fall in love with you. Oh, wow. Now, give me some more about that. What do you mean, fall in love with you? Well, why do you think children behave? Because they care about what you think about them. For example, the world's best behaved class, dream class, never had a class this good, will misbehave for a substitute. So if you're sick and you have a substitute teacher in there, doesn't matter who they are, they're going to test the substitute. Here's why. They have no relationship with that substitute. Ah. They don't care what the substitute thinks of them, and it's the same in business. Isn't just falling in love like a matter of serendipity or some shared experiences? How do you craft an atmosphere that would cause your students to fall in love with you? Well, what you need to do is kind of have a certain connection with your class or your audience or whatever. And you don't ever want to put up a wall between yourself and the students. You don't want to be aloof. You want them to get to know you. You want to get to know them. You want them to know that you care about them. And I think it's the same with bosses. One of the best
best bosses I've ever had is my boss right now at the University of Utah, and her name is Cheryl Wright. And what she does that's so great is she empowers her employees. She likes you, not just the work you do. She, you know that she likes you. She's not a micromanager. She plays to people's strengths and says, I know you're good at this. You do that. I know you're good at that. And it's the same thing in a classroom. When they show up on that first day, like you have a new employee or you have a new student show up in your class, are there things that you do that set the stage for getting to know one, each, one another? Is there a tactic that you use that helps um, uh, hasten this process of falling in love with each other? Well, it's the number one thing is to be real. Okay. And respect that other people are bringing something to the table. I don't care if you're five or 55 or 27. Everybody's bringing something to the table, so respect that. People are well, coming with ideas and a skill that you may not have. So the first thing is to be respectful, be friendly, take down the wall. Okay. I mean, you don't demand respect by being the boss or the teacher. You earn it by being in control of the class or the business. You know, Trish, I'm thinking about the, the, the many bosses that I've had over time, and they don't sound like Cheryl. I'm realizing that a lot of time I have been hired and then ignored by my boss. That I, I, I never talk to him again, or there may be a wave in the hall, and then that's the, the, the extent of our relationship. So as you introduce your students to, to the classroom and, and as you introduce a new employee, how do you get them to fall in love with you? It starts from minute one. The minute you see their faces at the door and that bell's rang on your on the first day, you open your arms and you invite everybody in. I might even sing a song like, I've been waiting for you to come <laughs> to this place. And that makes it a safe place for them to come in and you know that they're happy to see you. The same thing works in business. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. We've been so excited for you to come on board. And you know what? It's an attitude shift, and it's a pleasantness, and it's, you know, when people are happy to see you. I love that. And, you know, I think even if you felt comfortable singing to a new employee, they might go home and tell their wife, it was so weird, I showed up and, they, and the, my boss was singing. But I bet it would still resonate if it was expressed with love. You can't help but be connected with that. I love that. Okay, so one of the guidelines... Oh. Help you'd, be them amazed how many, you'd be amazed how many times I'll just burst into song in my college classes. <laughs> I'm going to start I doing it around the office. Right here. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Tay, for giving us a tip. Okay, excellent. So sure, make your... so welcome. <laughs> it's fun, though, isn't it? All right, so make your students fall in love with you, and so much of it is about paying attention and honoring and respecting them. I love it that you feel that way about your boss and that she's done such a good job. What else? Give us another guideline for connecting with your team members like you would with your kindergartners. To make your students fall in love with you. You know what? Um, I'm going to use, I'm just going to use an example from a four-time, four-consecutive-time entertainer of the year, because even a city slicker like me can like country music. And Kenny Chesney is a great example. My boss, Cheryl Wright's a great example of this, and Kenny Chesney is, because both of them let other people shine. They Ooh. hire those people for a reason, and they're going to use their strengths. Like, it's a well-known fact that Kenny Chesney picks the best songwriters in the business 
to help him write his songs, and then lets him write the songs. He doesn't micromanage it. Same with my boss. What she does is she knows what people are good at, so she'll say to me, Trish, you're really good at developing curriculum. You work on that project. And so she empowers you to do it. You empower your kindergarten students. You know, there's this little guy named Alex, and he was by far the best dinosaur expert on the planet. <laughs> he knew everything there was about dinosaurs. So every time somebody had a question about dinosaurs or something, I would just say, oh, I don't know the answers. Go ask Alex. And then everybody would just say, I know, I know, Alex is the dinosaur. I love that, so that you're honoring and respecting what they bring to the pay table, and you'll discover that by getting to know them individually as they bring themselves to the party. First day of school, first Absolutely. week of school, you're going to find those things out about them. Well, let's talk about that first week, first well, because day. Because you forget, not only do your students fall in love with you, you fall in love with them, too. Well, and that's where it becomes irresistible, right? I'm seeing how that happens. You fall in love with them, and they're going to love you right back. And now we've got a relationship and some emotional bank. I'm thinking about this first day, and I'm thinking about the new kids showing up for the job. You know, Trish, I can count on one hand, and I've had about 50 jobs, the number of times that when I arrived, someone told me to whom I report and what was expected of me, how I fit in, the overall game plan in a business on the organizational chart. Talk to me about what you do in kindergarten that might apply to that new kid coming aboard the team. Oh, I know what you mean when I went to the university. I started in July, and I didn't know, and nobody told me till January that there was a faculty bathroom. <laughs> I swear, I couldn't even make that one up. Okay, another thing that you can really do to make your business slash classroom run successfully starts on the very first day of school, and that you have to get all those routines and procedures down pat, put into place, because that's the kind of stuff that creates chaos. Let me give you a couple of kindergarten stories, and I think you'll see how they tie into that. For example, if you're trying to do a little project and everybody's at their desk and you say, all right, what I want you to do is on your paper, Draw a circle, the best circle you can. Trash, my paper ripped. I didn't get a paper. And if they don't know where to go if they didn't get a paper or what to do if their paper ripped, this is what you're doing. Oh, come on now. Who, who has another paper? Does anybody have two papers? Would you please give Jenny a paper? Okay, what? So, so now you're over here dealing with the people that don't have a paper and the people that had a paper are kind of falling apart. So then you might move on. I, what I hear is in a, a business owner language, that would be a business owner telling their employee, oh, come on now, don't you have any common sense at all? If I hear the word, the phrase common sense one more time, because what happens is common sense is not the same for everybody. So you do have to define the rules of your game, right? Is that what you're getting at? Yes, well, not only that, sometimes the routines and procedures are never explained because people always right. just assume that you know them. Well, what do you mean? Mail always goes out on Thursdays. And I know that because. Right. So it, it's easier in a kindergarten classroom because you're so used to gearing to over-explaining, over-demonstrating. But there's nothing wrong with somebody giving you a tour of the building on the first day. You know, this is where we put mail. Here's the faculty restroom. Those <laughs> kinds of things. And when you get those routines and procedures down pat, people can do their work because they're not always walking around going, 
Well, do you know what we do is the copy machine jams and well, do you know when UPS is picked up? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Blueprint for Profit on Web Talk Radio. I'm your host, Ellen Rohr, and my guest today, Trish Sakamano, is a kindergarten teacher. And the good news is everything you need to know to be successful in business, you can learn in kindergarten. A little bit later on, Trish will share a surefire way to gain control of a meeting. When you have absolute chaos on your hands. So, uh, stay, stay tight as we, uh, visit with Trish. Trish, I love this about procedures. I've, I've heard that the number one reason that employees leave is not because they don't get paid enough. It's because they lack the ability to be successful. And it sounds like that's what you're trying to set up your kindergarten students to do, is to be successful at the most basic tasks. Here's where the paper is kept. Here's where you're going to sit. Here's where you're going to hang up your coat. And let me show you where the bathroom is. Those are all good things to do on your first day. So how do you, do you have yeah, this? And, and so many, you'd be, you'd be amazed how many routines and procedures in a day. But not only that, when you get those, those basic things out of the way, then people can actually do some work. Because they're now, you know, now not walking around with a jam stapler wondering where the supply closet is, those kinds of things. This is reminding me of I went, went to a shop as a business consultant, and there was a group gathered in heated discussion. And as I'm looking at this group, I am counting up how much we're paying these people on an hourly basis, on a yearly basis, and thousands of dollars worth of manpower and brain power is huddled together in heated discussion about trying to find a missing screw, one screw. And the screw that was missing was causing an entire job to fall apart that day. And that's what, re <laughs> that's what really impressed me with the necessity of getting basic checklist routines and procedures down. So let me ask this, as far as... Well, actually, Ellen, you, you did one of my jobs for me. Didn't you ask at the beginning what kindergartners and... Uh, business people have in common, there you go, they both spend hours trying to figure out where one piece went. And then it gets frustrating and tempers flare and communication breaks down. But now as you talk to your kids about these routines and then you work with, you know, within your own business, do people resist the routine or embrace the routine or maybe a little of both? Talk to that a little bit. They always embrace the routine and the procedures because that's what makes your life easier. It's the same thing when you come home from work. Do you always hang your keys in the same place? Yes. So they're always there when you go back to get in your car. Those are the routines and procedures. So nobody's going to fight you on those kinds of things because they're going to free you up to work. So then we get the routines and procedures down so we're free and clear to do the job. So to equate this to business then if we had a procedure in the morning this is where you hang your car keys your truck keys as a service technician for instance and your truck is going to be parked here each and every day which makes it easier to find we're going to start the morning by washing your truck every day even if it's raining that way we don't have to decide whether or not we're going to ra a wash the trucks and waste a lot of time and energy doing that so then if we get those procedures lined up the service tech is now free and clear to do the stuff that's not in the manual which is to go develop relationships with the customers and solve problems for them. I'm Bingo, seeing, I am seeing you the see, connection. It's exactly like kindergartners. 
And you know what? It's a nice way to start the day. They know these are expected, so nobody's going to fight you on that. that. That's kind of a routine to get you in your day. Well, let's talk about fighting you on that, because certainly I know with uh, with team members, and I imagine with five-year-olds having had one once upon a time, there are going to be moments where either to get attention or because they're frustrated about something else or just to see what kind of integrity you have, somebody is going to balk the, uh, buck the system. Talk to me about basic consequences for not using procedures. Well, so many of them are natural consequences. Let's hear it. You know, uh, all right, if you don't bring your homework book back and put it in the basket, you're not going to get another book for the next day. If you don't hang your keys up when you leave the shop at the end of the night, when you come back in in the morning, you're going to spend a half hour looking for your keys, and it's going to set your day on its ear. So there's a lot of natural consequences, but sure, I mean, it's the job of a five-year-old to test you, and what I might do is, um, you know, put somebody on my lap and just start kissing their neck till they laughed, so I probably wouldn't try that in your shop, but hey, I don't know what your texts look like. I am so writing that down. You know, I'm willing to try anything that might work, but what I see you doing is you're going to try and build... The affinity a little bit, though. Get them, let's lighten up a little bit. Let's have a little bit of fun. Let's lighten up on the situation. And then you might go back and say, hey, you're disrupting the class, and I can't imagine you're having any fun doing it. What's going on with you? And see if you can't get them back on track. And remember, none of these guidelines stand alone. They love you. So if you yes. nuzzle okay. them in the neck or just say, I'm really disappointed in you or, you know, you're bringing down the whole collective group, they're going to rally up. So the love is the foundation because that's where you're going to go back to your touchstone. This is why we love each other. Why are we doing this to each other? I love oh, that. We used to have, um, we had a little thing, L-O-V-E, and we would spell it out with our hands. If somebody was misbehaving, we would just spell love. Again, I don't know if it's going to work in a shop, <laughs> but it's the concept of it. It is the concept, and, and a lot of these things, you know, I used to think that um, grown men wouldn't beat each other up to get a gold star, and I've been proved wrong on that. They will. <laughs> they will. So gold stars always work. Okay, so we want to, you, you know, uh, you don't have the luxury in a, a kindergarten class to fire a, a student, but at some point when you are an employer, that is going to be the ultimate consequence, but we don't want to make it the first course of consequence, right? You're going to build up to that anyway. Let's talk a little bit more. I know you've got... As a business owner, owner, I feel like I've invested time, money, energy. I have a relationship with these people. I will do whatever it takes to help them succeed, but they have to do their part. Well, I was just thinking, do you ever want to... Do you ever want to fire a (laughs) five-year-old? I want to fire numerous ones on a daily basis. However, it's never the same one the next day. <laughs> I imagine that that would uh, be the case on any given day. All right, so make your students fall in love with you. Love it. Love your suggestions for doing that, which is primarily love them, and they'll love you right back. Get routines and procedures be down pat. Be real. Be real, be real with okay. them. You know, um, Zig Ziglar. one. Okay, hang on a sec, because I, I, it's either Zig Ziglar or Dale Carnegie or... Trish Sakamano, who said, every now and then you have to rip open your chest and let them see your heart. Do you love that? Oh, I, know. I wish I'd said it. I, I, I'm going to say you did. I might say it tomorrow. Okay, from here on out, it's attributed to you. Okay, you have a third guideline. Let's hear it. 
I, in a kindergarten classroom, you have to make sure your students are engaged in interesting, developmentally appropriate work. For example, if students are painting a mural for a play that they've written, nobody's going to misbehave because that's really meaningful work. It's developmentally appropriate for a five-year-old. So are there some tasks that they have to do that are menial? Sure. You know, sharpen pencils and clean up the room and things like that. But I'm talking about the work that you hired them to do. Some jobs are more interesting than others, but every job can be engaging. And okay, so employees a variety of tasks. Let me let me give an example then that came to mind as you said that. So if you hired right. if yeah, you right. if you hired someone who tells you that they really love the creative aspect of the job as presented in the position description. You know, I really like being creative. I want to help create uh, fantastic uh, website pages and uh, marketing pieces. And you say, okay, great. You're also going to be responsible for making sure that the website is up and functioning, that our databases are cleaned up. So that kind of work allows you to be free and clear to do the creative stuff. But you've got to get enough time and uh, energy allowed to help them do what it is that they're here to do. I don't know if I said yeah, it as well you know, as you might have. Of, in the case of service technicians, to them it is interesting right. to clean drains and to solve that problem and to upsell product. So that is interesting and developmentally appropriate work. Now they do have to wash the the trucks and, you know, change the oil in the trucks or whatever it is that they do. But that's that's part of it. So when the work is interesting, I mean, can you see in a classroom, if your students love you, they don't want to disappoint you, they want to work for you, all those routines and procedures are down and all that stuff's like understood. Right. And then the work that they're doing really engages them. Well, in a classroom, you just you just curtailed ninety percent of your behavior problems, and I can assume that it's the same in a in a workplace because you're taking those variables out. So you're, you've kind of done the same thing. You've kind of well, we're all taken just taking care of ninety percent of the behavior problems. Yeah, we're all just people, and that's you know, as we were talking before. Well, I don't want to treat my service tech like children, or sometimes I feel like I'm babysitting every day. Just a comment like that is deeply disrespectful to both adults and children. Like for some reason that as children they're lesser than and as adults if they behave like children they're lesser than when the reality is everything that you've shared today is really just good personal interaction skills and leadership skills. So. Yeah. Now how did you figure this out? I know you were a kindergarten teacher for a while but go back to some moment of epiphany that allowed you to narrow this down to you got to make your kids fall in love with you or getting your routines in place what was there a moment of pain that you realized wait a minute I got to do this differently or an aha moment when you saw this is why my class is working you know I'm not sure if it's either one of those it just kind of unfolds it just kind of unfolds um as you go along I mean when you're a first-year teacher you're just you're trying to hang on I mean, every day is survival, you know, and as you go along, you think, if I can be really clear and specific on routines and procedures, we can get more done. Um, you notice that your students, if they're working on a project that they love, 
they're completely engrossed, nobody's misbehaving. So it's more of an evolution, but I did, I was teaching one of my uh, college classes, and people were saying, well, you know, it's hard, you can't teach anything if you can't control the classroom, and boom, off the t off, just off the top of my head, I said, you know what, I've got three things for you to focus on and your life will be easier. I'm loving well, these guidelines. I'm, now, Trish, I, I promised that we'd talk about, you know, the meeting that's out of control. And I am picturing a kindergarten class with, like, spitwads and kids arguing and somebody pulling somebody's hair, and I'm seeing a meeting where I'm in charge and the same thing is happening around the conference table, and I feel like I've lost total control. As a teacher with the kind of experience that you have, what do you do when you have absolute chaos on your hands? Well, besides, you know, slit your wrist or drink ice cold poison. That's one and two. One, you know as a teacher that you created that chaos by not paying attention to the class. And I'm not proud of this, but there have been times when I've been ordering shoes online on my computer and the class is a little out of control. I'm not, I'm not going to complete chaos. But of course... The best thing you can do, like if I'm giving a presentation and maybe we've had some slides that were a little bit meatier and not as fun, the best thing you can do is to change your voice tone. All of a sudden, if I start whispering to the students, they'll get quieter so they can hear what you can say. Or if all of a sudden you start singing to the students, They'll do the same thing. They'll start laughing and they'll pay more attention. So the biggest just little tip is to change your voice tone. I love that. And the singing thing keeps coming back up. I'm going to be singing more in the office. <laughs> well, life is a musical, isn't it? Life is a musical. I love that. But it, it is going to get... It's going to get the attention of the group. So something, it doesn't have to be, hey, it could be just something softer and quieter and maybe a little bit of tune to it. I love it. Exactly. So Trish, All you have to do is switch up your voice and you'll get their intention back. Now, it's up to you once you get their intention back what you're going to do with it. But, you know, you could just all of a sudden sing, good morning. Good morning. Gee, it's, it's great, great to stay up late. I'm with you. And then before you know it, you'll have other people joining in, and you've got a little bit of yeah. re reboot to the energy in the room. Trish, I love visiting with you, and I'm so happy to share these ideas. So the classroom and the workplace are very similar. And if you just break into song now and then, you may be able to uh, in enhance the satisfaction and productivity of both workplaces. So Trish, I love your tips. Get your, your team to fall in love with you and do that by loving them. Put the systems and procedures in place so you can take care of housekeeping and leave them free and clear to do the appropriate, engaging, exciting work that you've asked them to do. So I'm so happy you were here with us today. Thank you, Trish. Well, thanks for having me, Ellen. Woo well, coming up next week on Blueprint for Profit Radio, Nancy Michaels will be my guest. She is a reinvent, reinvention specialist, and she's the owner of GrowYourBusinessNetwork.com. I love Nancy. We're going to be talking about taking a life disaster, wait till you hear her story, and finding a fantastic business opportunity. So until next time, this is Ellen wishing you love, peace, and lots of money. Thanks, Trish. Bye. Bye.